merit arises from giving offerings, keeping morality, listening to Dhamma, chanting the virtues of the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. The merit comes from getting rid of the mind that is unclean. Merit is cleanliness, or it's the karma of a white type. If it's demerit, it's karma of a dark type. This karma arises from our body, speech and mind. If we can keep restraint over actions and speech, this is called sila or morality. In the span of one day, the mind will think of good thoughts, have thoughts of loving kindness and many thoughts of making offerings and sacrifices for others' benefit. These are meritorious and of a wholesome nature. But sometimes the mind also thinks of thoughts that are demeritorious. If we have mindfulness to watch the mind, we see that it thinks all types of thoughts. Yet we only want to have merit, we don't want demerit. But we still can't yet restrain the mind to think of only good thoughts. And if we have wanting for the mind to always think good thoughts, then the heart suffers. This is because we don't want to have bad things in the heart. All people don't want to have bad things, they only want to have good things. So we look in the present day society and sometimes we possess things that aren't auspicious to us anymore. What do we now do with them? If we throw it out in the forest or mountains, this is inappropriate because it's something that we still respect. We think it's better to go take it to the monastery. Sometimes we may have had a cat as a pet and we can't afford to look after it ourselves anymore, but we're scared that the cat won't have anything to eat or may die. We see that the monastery has plentiful food, so we abandon the cat in the monastery. In the past, I have paid respects to Lumpu Si, who was 126 years old, in Wat Tambunak, in the Dakri district in Nakhonsawan province. Lumpur Si used to walk Tudong all over the country, even walking till Burma. He used to look after cats out of kindness. He would eat one mouthful of food himself, then he would feed the cat to eat a bit of food. His cats numbered to 100. Everyone would praise Lumpur, saying that he loved cats, so they would release more and more cats for Lumpur. He said, I feel bad for the cats. They release them here, then I look after them. They see that Lumpur loves and has kindness for cats, so they release more and more cats. They release cats, then dogs, and then other things that they felt were no good. Like Buddha statues that were damaged or not complete, maybe the hand on it broken, or the Buddha's head had a defect, or else they would take their old spirit houses and they would then put it at a monastery. This is actually quite widespread. But our monastery though, there isn't that much of it, but it's quite widespread in other monasteries. Anything that isn't good, that they don't like, then they give it to others, and then they feel at ease. But here we look at the mind. If the mind is no good, then can we get the bad out of it? We ask our spiritual hearts. Anything that is not good, any bad thoughts, we let it out, and throw it away, like the bones of a chicken or a fish, 
We eat the flesh, but the bones we don't eat and we throw them away. We shouldn't worry about the bones. If every person tries to throw away the bad things in the heart, then this is like we see the bad things outside and then the practice is quick because it is avoiding the unwholesome, cultivating the good and purifying the mind. These days people don't just throw away to the monastery just dogs and cats or things that are broken and damaged. Sometimes they have a son that is addicted to drugs and they think it's better to take them to live in the monastery because the parents aren't able to deal with it anymore. They can't teach them, they can't handle it anymore. So, so they let the monastery help their son to overcome their defilements. Then they ordain as monks and then they take drugs in the monastery and even many that sell drugs in the monastery. But everyone wants to have a monastery that is a good place where it cleans people's minds or it sculpts people to be good people. But this isn't possible. It's not to that level. People also need to have faith and determination as well. Sometimes monks who used to be alcoholic as lay people, they have to ordain many years before they can go back to a, being a lay person and stop drinking alcohol like before. Some can ordain five years, they can chant the Padimoka, and when they go back to their lay life, they can stop drinking. This is very good. While they are a monk, they have the boundaries of the saffron robe, which protects them. But after they disrobe, and they may go back to being even worse than before they ordained. This is because they've stopped drinking for so long. Or there are even those who end up taking drugs, even worse than drinking. But later, they may come back to be clean and re-establish their goodness. These days, it's not just giving the things that aren't good to the monastery. Now it's monkeys. They look after the monkey at home and aren't able to handle it anymore, and then abandon it in the monastery. At the moment, there is one monkey which has penetrated into our monastery. It's a monkey that was domesticated because it's very familiar with people. If it was a wild monkey, it wouldn't be this domesticated. This one is quite domesticated and it goes around to the kitchen, takes food, fruits, and then goes to the monks' huts and then the lay people's accommodation. We are trying to catch it to release it far away, but haven't yet been successful. Someone has something that isn't good, they aren't able to look after it anymore, and then they release it in the monastery. Here, the monastery is a public place. If everyone thinks this way, then there won't be much left at all in the monastery. If every person thinks of sacrificing for others' benefits, then there's beauty and merit arising. Like all of you making merit here, you all have to sacrifice through making offerings of food, giving alms food, and then the leftover food, the monastery donates it to the hospital or places of need. Here it's the 99% of the people that are all good, but there's still some left over, just 1% or less than that. They may think that they have given and offered already, and then the food that is left over, what do they do? They take it back. This way they get two things. One, they gain merit. Two, greed arises. This greed we have to be very careful of. When we make offerings, we are giving up, and fundamentally we are cutting off greed. When we can abandon greed, then the heart is pure. But whenever we don't have mindfulness, the greed is ready to come back into our heart. So we have to be careful. This isn't just in the monastery, 
Wherever we are, we have to be careful. Usually, we may be able to abandon it and have morality, but when there is a mood or emotion that contacts the heart, if we aren't firm, we may be unable to have restraint over our actions and speech. The thoughts have to arise as normal, but we have mindfulness with them. If we have a lot of greed, well, have you ever seen a monkey? It eats the fruit and puts them in its mouth and stores it in its cheeks. The greed of a monkey is like that. Or sometimes, if someone is trying to catch a monkey, you put a fruit inside a coconut shell. When the monkey comes to take the fruit, it grabs the fruit in its hand and it can't pull it out, but it doesn't let the fruit go. The monkey has put his hand in through the small hole, but when he grabs the fruit, the hole is too small to get the fruit out. We are trying to use this method as well in the monastery to catch this monkey. Here, just one monkey loose in the monastery, even with all the monks trying to catch it, it's not easy. Because the monkey is smart and fast, its hands are sticky because attachments are very sticky. Here, our heart is like a monkey. How can we catch the heart? We have to train in a meditation object watching the in and out breath with a lot of mindfulness well established. The mind that is like a monkey, that thinks here and there, thinks of this and that, thinks of the meritorious and the demeritorious, good and bad things, things of the past and the future, all this proliferation will weaken. But if we have no meditation object to restrain the mind, then it won't stay still. Like now, we restrain the mind and the inner monkey can be a little more peaceful. But we finish chanting and meditation, we leave the hall, and we let go of our mindfulness, and the inner monkey comes out again. It thinks of all sorts of things. If we don't restrain the mind the whole day, then the whole day it's like this. We need to train the mind. When we leave the hall, we have to be careful. The mind is so quick. The thoughts are quicker than light. In one second, light can travel 300,000 kilometers. Here, the mind is quicker than this. So we need to have the quality of mindfulness, develop more mindfulness. This is called walking the noble eightfold path of morality, concentration and wisdom. If we don't walk this noble path, this life, then which life will we walk it? We have met this noble eightfold path, this life. We have met the path that will free the mind from the world, free it from the bounds of the universe, free it from the bounds of the self, that is, this heap of elements that we attach to as a self and a me. So the sense of self arises very quickly. The eye sees a form and a sense of self arises already. It's so quick. We sit here and we feel peaceful and good. Then we leave the eating hall and sometimes we see a lot of food outside. This is from the generous offerings to the monks made by many people. Many amounts of merit that people have brought, gathered together, and this becomes one large merit. If we have no mindfulness well established, then the mind that likes food can really run away. We need to establish mindfulness well, have Bhutto Dhammo Sanko in our mind. After we finish eating, whether it was delicious or whatnot, it enters this body, 
that is the rice, enters the mouth and then it leaves the body. The beautiful food loses its value. When the food gathers together in the stomach, it gathers in this one place, it loses its value all the same. Seeing this way is closer to being a monk. So to continue with how to catch that inner monkey in the heart, how do we do it so we can have some inner peace? So today here, we should learn that in our mind, it has many things. Good thoughts, bad thoughts. The bad thoughts we should throw out. Don't worry about it. Even if we think of them as our thoughts, because we still have a sense of self, we see good thoughts as ours and bad thoughts as ours. If others think bad thoughts, then that is them. We have these feelings of me and them still. But be patient for now. Investigate it. If we get to the core of it, then there is no me or them. Then we can really let go. Then suffering will diminish. That is to say, we have wisdom to understand, even if it's just a little. The suffering will diminish. That is to say, we have the wisdom to understand, even if it's just a little. If mindfulness and wisdom arise like this, then the heart is at ease. So kusala, or this skillfulness or goodness, it purifies the greed, hatred and delusion which are the roots of all demeritorious actions. We use skillfulness and wisdom to cut it away, little by little. But our meritorious actions already eliminates demeritorious actions to a certain level. When we make offerings, we have no greed. But if we make offerings and we have desire for many other things, this becomes demerit in another form. Like making offerings and wanting to win the first prize in the lottery, 30 million. Winning, life will be even more chaotic than now. Can you see? We make offerings because we want to let go of greed in our heart. This is the true sacrifice. When we do this true sacrifice, we need to have kusala or goodness to maintain this merit too. Venerable Ajahn Chah gave a very good simile that this merit is like meat and the kusala or goodness is like salt. Or this present day, the goodness can be like a fridge, like keeping fish and meat in the freezer section so it won't spoil. So this merit you need to maintain. How do you maintain it? Use mindfulness and wisdom to look after your mind. We have made the sacrifice or offering already, and that is the greed that has been sacrificed away. Then we have to be careful of the greed arising again. We don't want the greed anymore. In the old days, there were some who would come to the monastery here and wouldn't even touch the food of the monastery because that's how they were taught by their parents. They were taught that when you go to the monastery, don't eat the food there. When you make offerings, just make merit and don't eat the food thereafter. They were worried that greed would arise in their hearts again. No matter how much I would tell them to eat some food at the monastery, they wouldn't do it. They couldn't because that's how their parents taught them. But we can be a bit more relaxed than that. We can eat the food at the monastery, but we're careful not to take the food back home. We take it back and our merit reduces. We really have to sacrifice first and we don't want any of the food. 
when we sacrifice like this, then our merit is full. Even if we just give a little, it doesn't matter because our merit is full. This becomes a benefit to Dhamma practice and our meditation in the field of generosity. And then we practice to restrain ourselves to the level of sila. Then our actions and speech are good. We have greed in our thoughts, but we don't follow and act on them. Venerable Ajahn Chah would compare this to a tiger we have trapped in a cage. If we don't give it food or water, then it will lose its strength. Greed, hatred and delusion is in the heart, and if we don't feed them any more, then it will lose its strength by itself. We will be able to restrain it. This is important. And it's not just that we do this only in the monastery. We chant and practice in the monastery and go back home and we meditate on Bhutto, Dhammo, Sankho a lot. Don't let the mind be free to think of this and that subject, criticizing this and that person, thinking and proliferating uncontrollably. Even if you watch a movie or TV show, then afterwards put that down. You probably have some of the popular ones that you watch. Then you can watch them and then put them down. And then you can contemplate that the actors and actresses who play in these series, if they play their part well, then they receive wages and awards. But if they aren't good, then no one will give them any wages to keep them acting anymore. These actors need to keep having different roles in order to sustain their living. All lives have suffering like this. So contemplate deeper than face value. Sometimes you see clearly, sometimes you don't. We call this growing our mindfulness and our wisdom more each day. In this way, we are cultivating our mind a lot. In the monastery and then going home, we're developing the mind. Our merit grows more and more each day. Our lifespan may diminish every day, but our merit is growing. This is important. Merit is in the heart and demerit is in the heart. We let go of the unskillful, we develop that which is skillful and we purify the mind. Nibbana is in our heart, it's not anywhere else. So this heart has a great value, much more than any money, wealth or anything external. We have met the Buddha's dispensation already, which has great value. This spiritual heart if we develop it, we will be able to purify it and we can free it from suffering. And even if it's just temporary, we will still experience great happiness and have inner joy and rapture in the mind. May you be determined in the practice of Dhamma and may you all grow in Dhamma and blessings.